Welcome to the Kaha Club. Roll up. Let's take a rip. Let me tell you the world is yours. Yeah, bish. And we back. Uh, this will be MMA episode number 16 for the Kyle High Club. I'll primarily be discussing the UFC 237 uh, recap and my post-fight notes. Um, um, yeah, it was just a crazy night of fights between these UFC fights, between uh, the main event. Um, co-main event ended kind of, I guess, prematurely and unexpectedly. Also... There was a Bellator event, 221, that was going on around the same time. Uh, had Douglas Lima versus MVP, Michael Venom Page in the co-main. And then uh, Michael Chandler versus Patricio Pitbull in the main event. Um, so I'll touch on that too, but after I finish the whole UFC card and also have some cool uh, new uh, announced fights to discuss that, I, that I'm personally excited about. Um, the first things first, let's get into the recap. Uh, the first fight of the night was between Talita Bernardo and Vivian Arahuya. Uh, and Vivian actually came in short notice, I believe three or four days short notice, and and um, came out here and performed very well. Um, and I didn't know this going in, but she typically fights at 115, and this was actually a 135 fight. So she was fighting in two weight classes, 20 pounds above where she normally fights. And she was right, fighting a ranked opponent at number 15 in Toledo, Bernardo. Um, and right away, uh, I think it was pretty clear that uh, Vivian, Vivian uh, was clearly outmatched uh, Toledo on the feet. Um, and, you know, she had non, she had really good foot movement, nonstop, uh, you know, moving around the cage and good feints. It was just quicker, sh- uh, sharper, uh, and there was less uh, fat in her punches, I guess, so to say. Um, whereas uh, Bernardo, when she was striking, she had more of heavy looping shots that took a lot to- longer to get there. So she'd throw, like, one looping hook. By the time she did that, Vivian could have thrown a three or four punch combo. And by the time that hook is at even close to landing, you know the power is kind of subsided when you get hit in the face a couple times. Um, so I mean, I thought uh, Vivian looked fucking amazing out there. I thought she dominated the first round. Um, hit her with a nice overhand right, I think, in the second. Um, Oh, no, she hit her with the overhand right, I'm assuming, in the third. And she actually ended up getting the knockout um, uh, 48 seconds into the third round. I also had her winning the first two rounds. So she won She won this bout in every single facet, in my opinion, and I'm sure everyone's opinion if you watch the fight. And she clearly proved that she belongs in the UFC. And I'm um, <clears throat> curious to see what she looks like at 115 at her normal weight class. Because she only weighed in at 131, I believe. So that was with no cutting or anything. But she still went out there and dominated the bigger opponent. Uh, so great performance by her. Can't make a better UFC debut or first impression on the organization. And wouldn't be surprised if they signed her to a deal after that. Uh, especially winning in Brazil in her home country. So that was a cool way to start off the card. Definitely wasn't expecting that. Glad I didn't put any money on against her. Um, 
second fight of the night was between Rayani Barcelos and Carlos Hajin. Um, Barcelos is fighting in his hometown of Brazil or home country of Brazil. Uh, Carlos from Mexico. Um, <clears throat> first round I thought was uh, pretty close, um, but I thought Carlos actually had the more damaging strikes and maybe more output. I'm, but I'm not really confident in that maybe. If you look at the look at the numbers, that clearly doesn't show the case. But that's for full fight numbers, not round by round. So I don't know. But uh, come the second round, uh, it was all Barcelo. So I got a knockdown, um, and then basically after that, had about three minutes of top control position. And although he was beating Carlos pretty good and landing a lot of damage, I thought the referee. Uh, stopped it early and you know there was less than there was about 10 seconds left in the round and he stopped it and I don't think he was landing any heavy punches Carlos was obviously defending himself he was reaching for a leg still still defending and um you know quote unquote um intelligently defending himself which is the verbiage that they use to stop the fight if a fighter shows that he's no longer or he or she is no longer intelligently defending themselves then you stop it um, so I don't think that was the case here. I thought he stopped a little early, but I don't have a problem with it. Kind of like uh, DC Daniel Cormier said during the fight, because that's probably just going to be more of the same of him just getting beat up. And he would just take more unnecessary damage. But as a fighter, you never really know. And it's a fight. It only takes one strike. You know, I definitely think he would have lasted those last 10 seconds. He, he could have came out in the third round and landed one big punch on Barcelos and won. Um, Dominic Cruz had a real problem with it. He was also announcing the fights there with uh, Daniel Cormier and John Anik. Um, he was like, if I'm a fighter and you stop it like that, you you better not because I'm going to be pissed. And I definitely get his case, and I, I thought it was a poor stoppage in my opinion. But nonetheless, Barcelos got the stoppage win in the second round by 440, uh, 4.49 in the second round, so there was 11 seconds left. Um got the dub and he was the largest betting favorite on the card I believe he was like minus 1100 or something like that um, so, so yeah uh, to close out the early prelims we had the bout between Luana Carolina and Priscilla Cochiera uh, which I don't know if I had it in my notes but they kept calling her zombie girl so I guess that's her nickname and I could see why uh, Priscilla just kept charging for her no matter how much damage she had and just without any care or, you know, for herself or her body. Um, I had all three rounds to Lu- Luana Carolino. Uh, first round I thought was close, but I think she had more strikes as uh, Priscilla was just kind of chasing her around the ring. Wasn't really, I mean, she was thrown, but wasn't really landing. Uh, round two, Luana Carolina got a knockdown with via head kick, um, and you know she just kept her distance, uh, kept her her uh, striking distance, and you know kind of just picked Priscilla apart as she just recklessly kept coming forward like a fucking zombie. Um, and I mean, it, all in all, it was a good fight to watch, but it was obviously Carolina's night. Uh, I had her winning all three rounds, like I said. Two of the judges gave a 10-8 round, so they scored a 30-26 in her favor. Whereas one judge had a 29-27, so she gave, one of the judges gave 
one of the rounds to Priscilla, while two of them gave it to an eight. So I don't know. Whoever gave that 29-27, fire them. <laughs> um, to start off the prelims was BJ Penn, Penn versus Clay Guida. I actually missed the first round of this fight because <laughs> I am a fatty and I cook some buffalo chicken tenders uh, and then realized I didn't have any fucking ranch, so I had to go to the... F- First one to the closest gas station. Somehow the gas station had a ranch dressing. What the fuck? Had everything else. Had fucking like spicy mustard and mayo and ketchup. Had A1 sauce but no ranch. So I was like, what the fuck? I'm never coming back here again. Uh, so I had to go to CVS across the street, blah, blah, blah. Made it back uh, and it was about halfway through the second round by the time I picked up the fight. So I'm not sure who won the first round. I didn't score anybody to win the first round. Um... But once uh, I came back, it was about halfway through the second. Um, and it just looked like Clay Guida was dominating. Um, I'm assuming that BJ Penn won the first round because Clay Guida definitely won two and three in my eyes. And all three judges gave at least one round to P- BJ Penn. Um, essentially, come the second round. Uh, Guida did get a takedown. He, had, you know, always had his nonstop pressure and had some leg kicks that were stopping BJ from, you know, moving and keeping his distance. Um, and Clay actually knocked him down in, in the third, and you know, just kept his pressure. Um, so he definitely won the fight. I did place a little money on BJ Penn. So if you followed my Instagram or Twitter and placed the same bets as me, that was the one bet where I'm like, well. I, I probably know I'm going to lose, but it was kind of hard not to bet on BJ Penn when he was, like, plus 500 underdog. Um, so, you know, five bucks, you went, like, I don't even know. Ten bucks, you went 50. So, five bucks, I would have won 25. Um, so, I was like, what the fuck? I'll, I'll do it anyways, even though I didn't think you'd win. You know, it's BJ Penn, though, so I thought he had a chance. Um, but he did. <laughs> and it would be nice to see... BJ Penn either retire or go to, go to another organization, man. Um, so you're just going to keep taking losses. UFC is not going to hand you soda cans like Bellator would. Um, so I don't know, go to Bellator, make some money, or I don't know. I don't, know. I, mean, I don't want to tell a guy, especially a legend, the prodigy and BJ Penn, you know, to hang it up, but it's just kind of sad seeing him in there and not even make it competitive, really. Um, As far as the next fight, it was between Warley Alves and Sergio Marais. Um, it was a good showing by by Alves. Uh, first round, and it's a good start by Alves. I was I really thought the first round was kind of close, but I wasn't sure who to give it to, and I gave it to Alves because John Anik said good start by Alves. <laughs> um, you know, ended up not mattering, um, but Alice had, you know, some good leg kicks, around two more leg kicks, and just dominant stand-up. Uh, and then come the third round, he got a flying knee. Um, it was kind of sick. Uh, I might have retweeted on my Twitter, so you want to watch that, you might be able to watch that. A little highlight. Um, he had a flying knee and then a right uppercut to knock down um, to knock down Sergio Morais, who's legit, and, you know, couple ground and pound strikes in there and finished them off. Um, it was a good showing by Alves, so good he got a performance of the bonus, a performance of the night bonus, so extra 50 G's in his pocket. Can I ever complain about that? 
far as the next fight went, was between Diego Mozais and Kurt Hollaball, I believe. No, second American in the card. Third. Fourth. But the first one of the night, jeez. But, uh, this went how I expected to, um, Mozais, uh, Mm-hmm. You know, pretty much just dominated. I mean, not dominated, but he clearly won all three rounds, at least in my opinion. And two of the judges actually gave a 10, at least one, or no, they gave one 10 8 round towards uh, Mozai's favorite. Uh, as far as the fight, first round, Tiago got a single leg takedown, uh, better stand up, and he had some top control. Um, so I gave him the first round because of that. Second round, he had a textbook double leg takedown, perfect timing. Uh, kind of just uh, outpointed uh, Hollaball on that round. Third round, more of the same. He had three takedowns and had some vicious ground pound to close out the third round and definitely seal seal the round in victory, in my opinion. Um, now, Kurt did make it a little competitive. It wasn't as one sided as I thought it would be, but. Judges' scorecards uh, and my scorecard don't, you know, don't say that. Uh, Kurt was tough as nails, and he kept moving forward and made round two close, but I think he still lost all three rounds, and all three judges scored it in Tiago Moises' favor. As I said earlier, two of them had a 10-8 round, so it was 30-26, and one had a 30-27. Um, in Tiago Moisai's favor. Uh, to close out the prelims was between Lil Nog, I believe in my um, preview episode I said it was Big Nog, but it wasn't. It was Lil Nog, Rogerio Noguera, versus uh, Ryan Superman Span. And pretty much went how I expected. Uh, Span just being the younger, fresher, more athletic um, fighter takes out the, the older legend. Um, the first round, Noguera did show that he still has some power, is still there, um, but Span ended up getting a takedown, um, but Noguera got up, and then he hit him with, uh, two right straights, and then a left uppercut that dropped Noguera and just pretty much had him out, and then he had two punches of ground and pound to finish it, um, so it was a good performance by Span. I thought maybe he deserved a performance of the night bonus, but I guess when you're fighting, you know, 42-year-old and I don't know. But Span did say, you know, guys usually, they want you to call somebody out afterwards or, you know, talk your shit or whatever, but uh, Span wasn't really concerned about that. He knows who what he just did, who he just beat in, in Brazil, and he knows it's a big fight, probably biggest of his career. Um... And he probably could have called out a top 15 guy or at least say, hey, give me those rankings. But he just wants to be in the UFC video game. So I'll blame him if I was a fighter. I'd want to be in that video game. Especially if you're on a... He's on like a seven-winning streak or something like that. Seven-fight winning streak or something like that. Let me see real quick. Ryan Superman Span. I mean, he hasn't lost in... He hasn't lost since 20, February of 2017. And before he's even in the UFC, he's an LFA. One, two, three, four, five, six. So he's won six in a row, undefeated in the USC, 2 0. Uh, former LFA champ. He's beat Luis Enrique and Lil Knox. It's, he's been in UFC, so I think he deserves maybe a top 15 guy or somebody on the cusp of the top 15 in light heavyweight. This guy looks, he looks good. 
and he deserves to be in the video video game. I'll, I'll fight with you, man. I'll play with you. Um, <laughs> to begin the main card, we had Irene Aldana versus Beach Correa, and yeah, this is this is a good fight. I was surprised. I guess I wasn't surprised, but I thought if I had to give another fight, fight of the night, this is probably the one I would give it. Um, main event ended up getting fight of the night, even though it only lasted around in, you know, a minute, around in two minutes. But, uh, as far as this fight between Irene Aldana, um, Betch Correa, um, Betch actually missed weight by five pounds coming in the fight, so she was the heavier fighter, um, uh, but, you know, she was also slower, wild, and, you know, has to make it a brawling effort, especially versus Irene. Irina, who's quick and, you know, has tight, accurate punches, um, you know, just keeps her distance and stays measured pretty much the whole time. Um, so I think Betch outpointed her that entire first round. Or no, Irene outpointed her that entire first round. Come the second round, uh, it seemed that Betch had kind of... And Irene was kind of predictable. She just kept with that one, two, one, two, one, two, jab, jab, one, two, one, two. Um, and I thought Betch uh, did a good job in making adjustments uh, come second round and just had more strikes and overall damage in that round. Um, so I gave the second round to Betch. Sounds like I'm saying Betch. But I think that's how you say your name. But um, come the third round, and I actually had... Betch winning the third round until she went for this takedown about a minute and a half into the round. And about a minute and a half in, she shoots for a takedown kind of sloppily. It wasn't really set up well at all. Irene defended it uh, pretty well, sprawled and broad. Uh, took um, Betch's back, and it seemed like she was sliding off the top, like uh, Daniel Cormier said during the, you know, while he's commentating the fight. Um, but as she was moving up, she went for Betch's arm and ended up getting her arm bar with all her weight, you know, her stomach on that elbow, hyperextending it, um, you know, the wrong way. That's why it's called hyperextending it. Uh, and Betch tapped. Uh, and it looked like she tapped before the thing was fully synced in, fully extended. Um, then it hyperextended and she tapped more and the ref finally saw it and pulled her off. And uh, Irina got the win. Um so I think it was good performance by her. Showed some good takedown defense and some good ground and submission skills to get the win versus a UC veteran. Although Betch hasn't fought in a while, um, she's been in there in the cage with a while. He likes a Ronda Rousey's and Holly Holm. The lost both fights, but she's been in there with, you know, those killers. And um, you know, I thought she was winning that third round. I thought she was getting the better of the stand-up match uh, fights because. You know, she would eat a one-two combo, which wasn't too damaging because Arena is always moving, and you know, most of her strikes she's kind of throwing as she's moving or backing up, so all her power isn't being generated into her punches because she's moving while she's striking. She's not sitting, uh, you know, establishing a strong base and then firing, you know, turning the hips uh, and all that jazz. Um, but I thought Betch, you know, would eat those one two, those little soft one twos, and come in and land some heavy hooks, some power shots. So that's why I had her ahead in the third round until she shot and got submitted. But uh, we'll never know, I guess. Um, but glad it went that way. I had Aldana in a in a in a parlay bet that ended up working out. So hell yeah.
Uh, the next fight was between Tiago Alves and Moreno Staropoli, and I ended up last minute putting in a parlay bet with four fighters, and Alves was one of them. I forget the other three at the top of my head, but I got all the three right. But between Tiago Alves and Moreno Staropoli, I had picked Alves, and that was the only one I got wrong. So if I got that right, I'd be I'd be a decent amount richer right now. Um, but as soon as this fight started, I was like, fuck, I shouldn't have bet against Staropoli. And I knew it. I even said in the fucking, in the preview episode that I had for these fights, I know Alves, Tiago Alves is a fucking beast, veteran. He's been there, but, and I hadn't seen Staropoli fight before, but as soon as he stepped in that cage, he was way bigger than Alves, and he looked like more skilled as well, and younger on top of that, more athletic, quicker, faster, stronger. Um, and I should have known. I even said it too. I was like, they wouldn't match him against Alves unless he was legit, and, and he's legit. Uh, Star Poli should definitely. Let's see what, what division they fight in that. One seventy, so maybe not definitely have a number by his name, but at least start to compete versus guys on the cusp of the top fifteen and see if he can, uh, you know, crack those rankings. Um, as far as the fight itself. Um, First round was really, really slow, really no output from Alves. Um, Starpoli was just the busier man just, and basically just won that round off octave control and throwing strikes, even though he didn't land too much. Alves' defense is just great. Both their defenses were pretty great. Um, come round two, Alves, you know, started to establish the delay kicks like he likes to do. He started to pressure and was looking, you know, he looked fresh come round two, almost like he was taking the first round to, off as Staropoli was throwing a lot of uh, heavy techniques, spinning techniques, you know, techniques that exert a lot of stamina, uh, might deplete your endurance levels. Um, but nonetheless, I think uh, I th- think Star think Staropoli still uh, still won that round, so I gave him the second round. Come the third round, um, Alves. Did get a takedown, and he finished well, you know, towards the end of the round. It was a kind of back-and-forth striking match on the feet. Um, each of them landed their shots, but I thought Alves, he closed pretty strongly, and in my eyes convinced me that he won that won that last round. Um, and I wanted to disagree with anybody that said Starpoli won that third round as well. So that being said, um, I scored a 29-28 in Starpoli's favor. Um, one judge saw it that way. The other two saw it 30-27 with all three in his favor. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a good fight, good fight to watch. Um, I'm upset that my ego got the best of me, and I ended up betting against Starpoli, but it is what it is. You can't win them all, even though I didn't win every single other bet. I won every single other one, but this one fight, I got right. Um, maybe I'll read that after me read those bets that I made after the fight, uh, just to let you know and prove to you, you fucks. Um, come the next fight was between Jose Aldo and Alexander Volkanovsky, and as I said in my pre preview episode, this was the fight that I was most excited for personally, um, just because I thought Volkanovsky's a beast and I thought he could get it done for Aldo, and I was right. Um, I bet money on this and put my money where my mouth is and won. Uh, now I'm wishing I bet more, but that's always the case. Um, I had Volkanovski winning all three rounds. All three judges had winning them all three rounds, and I don't. You're crazy. You think Aldo even won, was even close to winning any of those rounds? Um, 
you know, because he didn't really do anything. He was just way too patient. Um, it seemed like he was always waiting for the one heavy strike to knock him out. But Volkanovski kept coming, kept pressuring. And what I was really impressed by Volkanovski was his uh, was his footwork and his movement. His head movement was very. It was a lot better than I expected, and um, you know, had really good feints. And it just seemed like Aldo didn't know what was coming. He couldn't predict what was coming. It seemed like the first round he was trying to gauge what Volkanovski he was doing. He's just being patient, you know, letting the young guy get you know, some confidence under himself, make him think that he's winning this fight. And then, you know, the second or third rounds, he'd come out firing and just blast him away. Um, but that, that just wasn't the case. Volkanovski just kept up the pressure. You know, he, he was busier, more more landed. And I think what actually might have played a huge role in this was the leg kicks. Volkanovski started off right away with leg kicks. Otto likes those leg kicks. And, you know, if you've follow the sport at all you know Otto's late kicks are some of the most damaging in in the world and um I think the fact that Volkanovski fired off first with the late kicks it kind of disrupted Aldo's movement and what he wanted to do and kind of just like made him um it was almost like he's staring in the mirror at himself and while he did nothing um you know and Volkanovski um you know just kept just kept pressuring, just kept throwing. He did really good in having some cage pressure against Aldo. You know, Aldo is a Brazilian uh, jiu-jitsu black belt, I believe. Um, so, and Aldo's super strong. He's some of the best takedown defense in the game, especially in the division, maybe as the best. Um, so Volkanovski never really went for the takedown. He just pushed Aldo against the cage, held him there for a while, and just leaned on him and weighed on him and... Fans were booing because it was in Brazil, it was in Rio, because their star, Jose, was doing nothing and just getting outclassed and pretty much shut down by by the great Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Um, um, and while he had him in the cage pressure, he, he kept kneeing the fuck out of that leg, both legs, actually. And I think, I don't know, I guess that just compromised Aldo. Uh, third round was just more of the same, and he definitely won. I went all three rounds in my eyes and all the rounds of the judges and basically just made the entire arena silent. You know, not many Brazilians won tonight, if any. You know, there's a couple Brazilian versus Brazilian fights. So obviously Brazilian won there. Vivian won, Barcelos, Carolina. So I had three straight uh, Brazilian wins, but two of those were Brazilian versus Brazilian fights. Orle Alba's won versus Sergio Moraes, that was Brazilian versus Brazilian. Diago Moisés beat Kurt Holabo, that was Brazilian. Lil Nog lost, Badge Correa lost, Diego Alba's lost, then Jose Aldo lost. And then that leads us right into our co-main event where Anderson Silva versus Janik, Jared Cannonier. And obviously this didn't go how I was expected, but the result was what I expected of Cannonier winning and possibly what I finish as well, but... Uh, kind of sucks how it actually ended. Um, and I would have gave the first round of Cannoneer anyways. He landed more, um, just outpointed Silva. And Silva looked good, and he's fast. Um, he looked like he was all there. Um, his knee just gave out on one of the leg kicks. It was like the 10th leg kick or something like that. And his knee just gave out, and you saw him instantly wince in pain and, um, you know, Cannonier kind of knew it too, and he stopped him. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad Herb Dean stopped it right there, because um, he didn't need to take further damage, and so we could barely walk. 
you know, once he actually got up and got himself together. Um, I don't know. It um, it just sucked. It was a it was a shitty thing to watch. Um, but Cannoneer got the win. I bet money on Cannoneer. I had him in, in parlay as well. That ended up winning a decent amount of money off of. So it worked out. It sucks that he came with Silva getting hurt, but it is what it is. He says he's not retiring. He says he still wants to come back and and fight again. So we'll see. You know, he is 44, so who knows how long this will take him out. Will he be 45, 46 by the time he steps in the cage next? That's crazy. I know they announced before the fights, like literally the day of, Silva was working with the UFC to renew his contract. So who knows where that stands now after, you know, him suffering a knee injury. Um, That being said, that leads us to the main event and final night of the fight. Um... It was a good fight. Uh, it had me shocked and, you know, kind of speechless afterwards. But uh, as far as the first round went, man, Rose thumbed on Miyuna. She looked fucking good. She looked better than she did against the fights versus Yuana, which I guess we should have expected. expected. She was allowed, you know, 11 to 13 months. I can't remember which one. I know it was around a year, but it wasn't 12 months. So it was either 11 or 13. I know it was an odd number. <laughs> but, um... She looked really good, just outpointed Andrade, kept the leg kicks, kept her distance. Um, Andrade kind of or tried to slam her one time. She went for the Kimura, so Andrade, you know, set her down because she was scared of getting trapped in that. She tried to scoop her again and slam her. She did, but it wasn't that hard. And uh, Rose showed some really slick jujitsu, you know, submission attempts off her back, and that kind of looked like a scared Andrade. Um, so she kind of bailed on that. Um, so I definitely gave the first round of Rose, and I thought everyone did. You know, she just looked she looked phenomenal. Um, but then come the second round, uh, Andrade went for another slam, basically the same exact two she went for in the beginning, and Rose did the same thing, defended, or defended by going for submission attempts, which I've seen a lot of. It seems like it's happening more and more in the UFC, but um, Andrade is so fucking strong, man. She was strong at 135, so she's even stronger at 115 with these smaller girls, uh, especially with Rose being lighter uh, and skinny. Um, she just picked Rose up and slammed her around her fucking head. Pile driver, which uh, was Jessica and Jaja's nickname. Esta, what is it? It's written down here. Bete Estaca, something like that. It's Portuguese for pile driver. Uh, that is her nickname. Um, yeah, slam rose on her head, and she was out as soon as she slammed. Um, she did hit her like once or twice. To, you know, you got to keep going until the ref stops stops the fight, uh, and he did eventually. And Andrade got the win. They got five of the night bonus and performance of the night bonus. So she not only got the belt but extra hundred k in her pocket. Uh, so congrats to her. Um, you know, Rose looked good. She just got fucking out muscled and just slammed on her head which I definitely wasn't predicting if anything I thought Andrade would you know connect with a powerful hook or something like that and knock her out or an overhand um and eventually her strength would get her which I guess it did um but I don't know um 
you know, in hindsight's twenty twenty, and I think it was Dominic Cruz that said, you know, as, you know, normally if a guy or a girl tries to scoop you and try to take you down, you know, you defend, you kind of turn toward the back so you land on your back. But because Rose was going for the Kimura, she wasn't really concerned about that, and she was just attacking the arm. And so instead of moving her body in defensive position to where, you know, she'd be in a better spot for when she did get to the ground and, you know, be able to get full guard or half guard, you know, maybe attack submission from there. She's already attacking submission in midair. And instead of wisely defending to her back or transitioning to where she gets slammed on her back, she got slammed on her head because she wasn't, not to say she wasn't defending it properly, but she wasn't doing what you normally do. You know, instinctually, when someone takes you down, somebody without training, someone, you know, it had it was pretty clear that when she was going for a takedown, she was attacking this arm. Um, and I'm assuming Andrade's corner probably saw that and we were like, "Hey, fuck it, she can go for that arm, just slam her on her fucking head." You know, you're the pile driver, just do it. And that's what she did. And she won. Congrats to her. Um, I love Rose Namajunas. I love her mentality, her calmness in there. Her mindset, her positive attitude, you know, she doesn't talk shit, she's super nice, uh, even in defeat, she was, she thanked Brazil for all the love that they showed her, um, but I was a little concerned with what she said, and that a huge pressure had been lifted off her shoulders now, that she, she lost, and she's, she smiled, and like, it seemed like she was really happy she lost, which I mean, you don't want to see a fighter, like, completely butthurt, and like, you know, not even accept the decision, or whatever happened to them, but uh, I don't know, as a competitor, it's kind of weird to see somebody happy that they lost. But, I mean, she's young. She's just like 25, 26. So, I mean, and I don't know if she's a fighter either. I've seen on this, there's a quote now on the ESPN website on the MMA section that literally says, Nami Yunus in quotes, this might be the last time I ever do this. So, if it is, I'd explain a lot. I know she's not really, she doesn't really seem to be a fighter. From what I've heard, you know, listen to podcasts and interviews, she likes, um, she's always wanted to grow a farm and just live in peace with nature. And, you know, I kind of want to do that too. I don't want to get hit in the head for a living. But, um, you know, if you're doing it at the highest level and you don't really want to do it, sooner or later you're going to get clipped. Sooner or later you're going to get dropped. Or sooner or later you're going to get slammed on her head like she did. Um... No, no, I don't. I'm not gonna say I want to see her back in there. If she doesn't want to compete again, fine. That's 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 uh, her life. She can do what she does. She's probably made enough money to where she doesn't need to anymore. Hopefully, um, but who knows? And it's hard to evaluate the psyche of somebody you don't know, and especially through third-hand interviews and things like that. But all in all, it was a really good night of fights. Um, Glad I watched it. Now, as far as the Bellator U21 events, um, so this is going on kind of simultaneously as uh, UFC card, but the finishes on the UFC uh, main event and co-main event kind of lined up with the events that were going on in Bellator. Um, I did watch the Jack Hager fight, Jack Swagger, the former WWE uh, superstar. You know, WWE heel or whatever. He went in there and fought some can, some guy that just came off the couch, it looks like, last week. Uh, beat him up, got him a heart, had an arm choke, choked him out. He held on to the choke too long. 
Uh, the referee had to push him off, and it seemed like he held on way, way, way too long. Now, he said he wasn't sure what was going on there, happening too fast, things like that. You know, I kind of believe him just because it's only a second mixed martial arts event or fight period. He did have, does have a college wrestling background, I believe, but he hasn't been actually competing, you know, at all. You know, he just started, so... You know, I kind of believe in that. Maybe I'm naive, but I didn't think he was purposely trying to do it on purpose. I don't know. Um, we'll see what it is. I wish Bellator would actually give him somebody that could fight. Um, stop giving him cans and guys that don't. I don't know. Don't even look. Don't even look athletic. Um, you know, the guy's Jack Hager's Jack. He's a big dude, and he has a college wrestling background. Um, and he looks like a physical specimen. So, I mean, put him in there with somebody that can actually fight Bellator and stop fucking... This isn't fucking professional boxing. You just feed a guy, you know, a guy 15 straight cans so he looks... So he's 15 and no by the time, you know, you put him on a main event. So now people know who he is. I mean, he already has a WWE following. Everyone knows who this guy is. Just put him against a real guy. And it'll be a real fight. Um, guy can clearly fight, but... I don't know. Put him versus someone that, you know, I want to see a defensive competition. I want to see him tested. I want to see him get punched in the face and then see what he does. You know, the first time he's like, oh, fuck, that guy hits hard. Um, but I get it. You're just trying to make money. You're trying to survive. Um, and the co-main event was between Douglas Lima and MVP, Michael Venom Page, for the 170 welterweight Grand Prix semifinal. Um... I was mainly watching this just because MVP is fucking style. I watched him fight Paul Daly, and it was kind of a boring fight, but uh, still got the win. I knew Lima is uh, Lima's fucking legit. He's been in there with fucking contenders, UFC contenders. Uh, so he can definitely hold his own. If I was a betting man, I would have bet on Lima before because I think he was probably the, the underdog. I'm not sure, though. Um, as far as the fight itself... Uh, First round was kind of a feel em out round. You know, Michael Venom Page with this unorthodox uh, striking stance and fighting style. You know, hands down, just being really athletic. Um, while Lima was just very composed and traditional, just trying to get that timing. And then MVP, and it was just clear he was trying to get the timing out of that leg kick because MVP has some really, really skinny legs. So I, that looked like a. Uh, a uh, what you would call it that looked like a focal point of his strategy and to get this win. Um, his so first round I gave to Lima. Come the second round, um, Michael Venom Page actually stu- uh, stunned Lima with the pretty. Good, I think it was like a one-two. I think, um, yeah, he stunned Lima with a one-two. But then as he was coming in, Lima dropped MVP with a nasty leg kick, just perfect timing. You know, as MVP was charging in with his. Not reckless, but uh, unorthodox uh, style. Uh, he just got caught off balance. Perfect leg kick to knock him down. And as MVP was getting up, you know, didn't protect his face at all. Didn't even it didn't even seem like a an issue or a thought in his head to protect himself. And Lehman just clipped him with a perfect hook slash uppercut as he was getting up and just knocked him unconscious immediately. You uh, might have hit him with one or two more ground strikes after that, and then um, yeah, it was over. Uh, first time MVP's lost, at least in his professional career. I don't know if he lost in amateur, amateur wings or whatever. Um, 
But damn, it was stunning. Twitter blew up. I tweeted, Douglas Lima broke the Matrix, which he did. Um, so yeah, congrats to him. Now Lima will fight the winner between Neiman Gracie and Rory McDonald is the current champion. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. I think Bellator was hoping it would be MVP versus Rory McDonald. Unless they put on the opposite sides of the bracket. But uh ended up not happening. Uh, that's the fight game, though. And um, I wonder if MVP will change his style going forward. You know, will he actually ever protect his head? Because um, even though he's very fast and fluid... Uh, unorthodox and hard to predict that entire time of that fight I'm like he's not I was just very concerned with how little he was protecting his head you know his hands are are fully extended by his knees you know fully straight down um you know I don't fight but when I hit the bag I'm just fucking around punching the bag you know I have my hands down a little bit just because it feels good you know you're fluid in the moment you know you feel like feel like a karate fighter in a movie or a video game or something like that. But this is an actual fight versus top top legit talent. And the guy in Douglas Lima, you know, his card's always up. He's already cocked, ready to go, and all he needs is that one strike, and that's all he needed. And if you're not protecting your head for that one split second, it's over. And it was. Uh, and it, you know, the, just the way MVP got up after getting knocked down from the leg kick, it's clear that he doesn't have, I'm not saying he doesn't have a defensive style, but he doesn't have a defensive style to where he's protecting his head at all costs because that's the most important thing. You know, you get clipped once, you're out, which is what happened. Um, so, I mean, it sucks, but it is what it is. Uh, come the main event, I didn't even see how it happened, but uh, Patricio Pitbull knocked out Mindler, um, Michael Chandley, dropped him, some ground and pound, and it looked like an early stoppage. Um, but I don't know. Um, I think kind of just a shitty way for Bellator card to end all around. Yes, we got the awesome knockdown. Highlight knockout of Lima. But... I think they're really hyping MVP. They wanted his uh, his fight cred, his street cred to go up, his star credibility, blah blah blah. They lost in a devastating fashion. Um, people are saying now he's gonna be a meme now forever. I don't know about that. I think he'll be back in there and you know probably fights fight again, and you know hopefully he changes up his defense a little bit. Because, I mean, it was just, I'm like, he needs to put his hands up. I know that's how he fights. I know that's his style. I know it's worked. He was 14-0 undefeated before that. But it just takes one shot, especially when versus a guy that's seen everything, man. Um, that is what it is. Um, as far as the other announcements, the future fight announcements that I'm excited about. Uh, first off, they announced Nate Diaz. Versus Anthony Pettis will be at UFC 241 August 8th, I believe, in Anaheim, California. It'll be on the same card as DC versus Stipe 2. For Stipe, for Stipe 2. Um, Stipe Miocic. Um, so that should be a good card come August. I uh, haven't seen Nate Diaz since he fought McGregor the second time. I think it'll be about a three-year layoff by the time he gets in there. If it's not already three years. Uh, I see... I. 
I need to stop reading social media comments and things like that. But people are like, oh, I don't care about Diaz anymore. You know, why are they even announcing this fight? Mm, Shut up. You care about it because you're talking about it, you fucking cunt. Um, And you'll be the first one to fucking watch it, you motherfucker. Um, But yeah, that'll be an exciting fight. Um, I don't know if Pettis really has anything to gain from fighting Diaz or beating him. Except for, I guess, money and credibility. It's a big-name fight. Um, So, I mean, I guess he can gain that. But as far as rankings and title contention goes, I don't think it really matters. Uh, Because Diaz has been out for so long. You know, what weight classes is it at? 155, 170? I don't know. I'm sure they announced it, but I didn't look. Um, So, I don't know. I look forward to that one. And then the next one that I really, really, really look forward to... They announced, and I think it's official now. They were saying it was a verbal agreement during the fights this weekend. I think it's official. Uh, Tony Ferguson versus Cowboy. Versus Cowboy Donald Cerrone. Donald Cowboy Cerrone at UFC 238 in Chicago, June 8th. And guess who's going to be there? Me. I'll be there fucking live. And I can't fucking wait because that shit's going to be live. Um... I was already excited for this event anyway, because I'm going to be there live. I'm going to see Joe Rogan do stand-up the night before. I got really good seats this time. This is the second time I'll be in this arena. The first time I was in the nosebleed, like, almost stuck behind the screen, like projector screens that they put up. So I couldn't even see anything. I had to watch it on the projector screens backwards or at the fucking... Um, you know, from a... Or the basketball scoreboard, so... It was still fun. I got drunk and it was fun seeing the fights. Got to see uh, Romero and Whitaker too. Uh, got to see CM Punk versus Mike Jackson. It was probably a terrible fight, but people chanting Punk and then they're by the Tigers over. They're like, fuck CM Punk. Um, got to see Anthony Smith uh, fuck up Rashad Evans, I think, that night as well. Got to see Megan Anderson versus Holly Holm. Um, so yeah, I got I got really good seats this time. I bought as soon as tickets opened, I I bought I bought I bought decent seats. So I'm really really excited for this car. The car is me a sick. Uh, can't wait to do a preview episode for it. I guess just real quick, just to you know state a few of the fights or a few of the people on the card early prelims. We got Eddie Wineland in there, JoJo Yolan Calderwood versus Caitlin Kukic again. Uh, so second fight of the night, Angela Hill versus Yan Ziannan, who's a young Chinese up-and-coming female fighter who's really good, versus Angela Hill. That's a crazy fight. Ricardo Lamas versus Calvin Kittar in the early prelims. That's insane. Carolina Kovacadevich versus Alexa Grasso in the prelim opener. What? Aljamain Sterling versus Pedro Munoz. That's like a four versus five, probably a next... Uh, Shut up, Gracie. I'm trying to do some stuff. You've been outside for a couple hours already. Okay? We spoil a little cat. Um, no, Aljamain Sterling, Praja Munoz. I think that's 4v5. Possibly, you know, um, the main event, at least now, is Sehudo versus Marais. So I think the winner between these two will probably have next shot at the title. After that, Tatiana Suarez versus Nina Ansarov. I believe that's actually 4v5. Um, is that 135 division, I think? Either that or 120. I think 125. 
Bevan Lewis and Darren Stewart. God damn, that's a fucking fight. Ty Tuivasa versus Blagny Ivanov. Jimmy Rivera, Peter Yan. Then we got Tony Ferguson, Cowboy. Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica I. Henry Cejudo versus Marla Marais. Oh my god. That card is stacked. I can't wait. Come Chicago. Uh, it'll be a fun ass weekend. Um, and But before then, we have more fights. We have UFC Fight Night, Dos Anjos versus Lee coming up next week. Uh, we'll do a preview, or not next week, coming up this week. I'll do a preview episode for that. Uh, see a couple of names Julio Rice, Julian Rosa, Zach Cummings, Patrick Cummins, Ed Herman. Uh, Desmond Green's fighting. Espen Lod, Cijara Eubanks, Charles Oliveira, Nick Lentz, Megan Anderson's fighting this fight. Antonio Carlos Jr., Neil Magny, and of course RDA versus Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee moving up to one seventy after his lost ally Quinta. Um, and I'll be in Rochester, New York. I'll be on ESPN Plus, and I'll have that preview episode later in the week. Um, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. Um, peace.